I think going forwards, every single big tech company is going to try to play in this space. Even the ones that have failed, they're going to try to get back in because the long-term big picture is that in the future, every human being is going to be wearing a 24-7 health monitor. I mean, I just believe that. It's inevitable. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I am your host, Thomas Loams. Great to have you join us again this week. On today's episode, we have Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop. Whoop has developed a next-generation wearable technology for optimizing human performance and health. Their members range from professional athletes, Fortune 500 CEOs, fitness enthusiasts, military personnel, and healthcare workers. Whoop's current valuation is $1.2 billion, joining the ranks of tech unicorns. Will has raised more than $100 million from top investors and has an active advisory board that consists of some of the world's most notable cardiologists, technologists, marketers, and designers. Will wrote the feedback tool, Measuring Fitness Intensity and Recovery, which sparked the underlying physiology and engineering for his work today. Will's recent awards include being named to the 2020 Fortune 40 Under 40 Healthcare List and previously named to the Forbes 30 Under 30 and Boston Business Journal 40 Under 40. In 2020, Whoop was named Fast Company's most innovative company for wellness. Before founding Whoop, Will was named a 2011 Harvard College Scholar for finishing in the top 10% of his class and a CSA Scholar Athlete, captaining the Harvard men's varsity squash team. This conversation was taken from our recent Sports Tech World Series Virtual Australia Conference, uh, and you can find some more sessions and information on that at sportstechworldseries.com. If you don't know about us, we are the largest community for sports technology around the world and really our purpose is to connect the best people with the best ideas across the schema of sports tech both business and performance how we do that is knowledge events uh, such as our recent conference obviously the podcast that you're listening to sports tech feed and then also consulting research and advisory work for sports properties sports startups and then more established sports tech companies that's enough from me for now. I'll be back at the end of the episode with some final thoughts, but here is Will Ahmed from Whoop discussing their recent funding rounds, plans for future expansion, and also his view on where the industry in terms of human performance and wearables is going in the next few years. Will Ahmed, welcome to the show. Great to have you joining us today. Uh, First off, I, I want to talk about some of the technical aspects of Whoop, and then we'll discuss, obviously, the raise, $100 million raise that you recently did. So diving straight into it, um, from a technical point of view, what separates Whoop from other health and fitness trackers? Yeah, thanks for having me. So, you know, I'd say our, our mission at Whoop is really to unlock human performance, and we effectively believe that every individual has an inner potential that you can tap into if you can better understand their body. And I would say the core difference between Whoop and any other product in the market is that our value proposition is to change behavior and improve health. So, you know, we have a, a very small sensor about the size of my thumb. It's collecting data uh, 50 to 100 times per second. It's the most accurate data on the market. It's the largest amount of data on the market. But really the core thing that we do better than anyone else is we help coach you on how to use this data. And in particular, we see people on Whoop after a year getting more sleep, getting higher quality sleep, making important behavior changes, their heart rate variabilities are going up, their resting heart rates are going down. 
And so overall, this is a product that's been shown to be able to improve health. So it's, it's much more around the decisions from it rather than just tracking for the sake of tracking, I guess. Yeah, look, tracking for the sake of tracking, I think, is irrelevant. You know, people don't need more numbers. They need more actions. You need actionable feedback. You need coaching. And what WHOOP really strives to do is provide a 24-7 life coach to help you understand your body. And so we're measuring sleep. We're measuring recovery. We're measuring strain. We're measuring 60 to 70 different lifestyle decisions and behaviors, whether it be dieting, alcohol consumption, supplements, uh, recovery techniques, you name it. And so we're helping you understand what is the perfect recipe for you to be more optimal. Yeah. And so, I mean, leading on from that uh, around all those different inputs and decision-making and and data-driven decision-making and and one that really caught my eye in a lot of people's eyes this year was uh, with the application to Nick Watney. So for those that don't know, he's a pro golfer um, and he used his whoop band to signal that maybe he should go get a COVID test. Um, can you share a little bit about that? Kind of what, what that was, did you reach out to him? Did he understand it himself? How did that kind of all unfold? And then how have you seen it applied, uh, in 2020 to respond to something like COVID, uh, something completely unexpected? Yeah. To go back for a second, you know, we've always had a big focus on research at whoop. We found everything we do in research. And we as a company also like to move incredibly fast. So it's a very fast paced environment. And I think the combination of wanting to base everything we do in research and wanting to move fast actually made COVID-19 a situation where WHOOP could really add value. And so when we learned of COVID-19, which frankly was in January, we started doing research, uh, we we knew that this was going to be an important uh, phenomenon and we did a lot of research and uh, and we were the first consumer app to put COVID-19 tracking in the WHOOP app. And in early March, you could report that you had tested positive for COVID-19. And within a few weeks, we actually had thousands of results indicating that people had tested positive for COVID-19. We were able to partner with CQU, Cleveland Clinic, um, and, uh, and ultimately publish research showing that one of the measurements we collect, respiratory rate, uh, could be an important predictor of COVID-19. We were able to show that respiratory rate uh, caught 20% of cases three days before symptoms and 80% of cases by the third day of symptoms. Now you might be asking yourself, what is respiratory rate? Respiratory rate is the number of breaths you have in a minute. WHOOP typically measures it while you're sleeping. And it's normally a very boring statistic. Like literally every day, you'll have almost the same exact respiratory rate. It's something that barely changes. And you mentioned Nick Watney. So Nick Watney is a great example of how respiratory rate can be used as a predictor for COVID-19. Nick Watney for 10 months straight had a respiratory rate of 14 breaths per minute. So every morning he woke up and he had a respiratory rate of 14. On a Tuesday, he tested negative for COVID-19. Now in golf, the tournament starts on Thursday. So he's a professional golfer. He plays Thursday, has a good round. He wakes up Friday morning, mind you, he's cleared to play, and his respiratory rate jumps from 14 to 18. 
So for the first time in 10 months, it had increased, and not a little bit, it increased like 30%. And so he goes to the doctors and he says, look, Whoop gave me this alert. I think I should be tested again for COVID-19. And the doctors were like, you're actually cleared to play. And he really had to twist their arm to get that additional test. Wow. And, and sure enough, he tested positive for COVID-19. And so he was able to drop out of the tournament and he was able to quarantine. And what's amazing is actually for the next two weeks, he was largely asymptomatic. And yet, if you looked at his whoop data, his whoop data was way out of whack. He just looked like something was something wrong was happening to this person's body. And look, the PGA Tour learned of this whole incident and they procured over a thousand whoop straps, not just for every player, but every player, caddy, media member, staff, the whole bubble uh, is now wearing whoop. And, uh, and that's just one example. I mean, I've heard from, from literally hundreds of people messaging me about this, that they've noticed an elevated respiratory rate. They used it as a predictor. They went and got tested. It stopped them from going to work that day. Now, is it perfect? No. I mean, 80% of cases is not perfect, uh, but it's certainly better than nothing. And COVID-19 is a lower respiratory tract infection. So it makes a lot of sense that your respiratory rate would spike from a lower respiratory tract infection. Yeah. Yeah, it would certainly help. The people that, like me, you get a slight cough or you get a sore throat and all of a sudden you think you've got COVID and then you rush off and get a test and you're totally fine. Um, But actually having some, like you said, some data rather than trying to trust all these micro little changes in your body um, that are, I mean, in Nick's case, completely unperceptible. Like he wouldn't have known that without um, the tracking behind it. So following on from that, you mentioned the whoop band being used in that, that example uh, by the PGA with obviously pro athletes, but then kind of everyone else, you know, in just their job roles. So media and, and, and um, the caddies and other people like that. Where do you see the, the main growth for whoop in terms of customers? Is it continuing along getting it on the wrist of every single elite athlete out there? Is it prosumers taking it, you know, it's much more the mass market or is it, um, I guess, offices or health workers or, or kind of industrial applications or is it a combination of all of it? Where, where's the real growth uh, strategy? Well, I do think it's a combination. I mean, every person that you just mentioned or every type of person that you just mentioned, uh, we have on Whoop today. You know, our origins are with professional athletes, the best athletes in the world. And I think we've in some ways, I think we've conquered that market in that if a professional athlete chooses to wear a wearable, they're very likely wearing Whoop. Yeah. Um, you know, for sleep and recovery, especially, I think Whoop has, has proven to be by far the most reliable product for professional athletes, teams, coaches. So we've had a lot of success there. Uh, I think for general consumers, that's where we're starting to see a lot of growth. You know, we have about 60% of our audience today is, is defining itself as recreational and is doing less than four activities a week. And an activity might be going for a walk, right? So that's a fairly, all of a sudden, general consumer that's on Whoop. I think what holds the whole audience together, whether you're a professional athlete, an executive, recreational, a lawyer, a doctor, a cop, a fireman, you name it. I think what holds the whole whoop universe together is this uh, feeling of being aspirational. It's a group of people that is motivated to perform in life. 
and to be successful. And that doesn't just mean athletics, right? That could be, I want to do a, you know, be great at my career or I want to be a great student or I want to level up at blank. And so that's where whoop is growing. I think the fastest is just this sort of motivated class of people. And that, that skews across income levels. It skews across age. It skews across um, athletic ability. Uh, but it's a motivated group of people. What does the, uh, what does the introduction of players like Amazon, I mean, big tech coming into it, they, they released their, their products, obviously Apple's pushing into this space. What does that mean for Whoop? Does that change anything for you or is it you, you keep doing what you're doing? Well, I think we've, we've um, lasted this long and been successful, frankly, because we've stayed incredibly focused on what we're going to be doing, right? You know, Whoop is great at all the things that it does for all the things that it doesn't do. You know, this isn't a product that's making phone calls. You're not going to call an Uber. It doesn't have a high resolution screen. Uh, it's not going to vibrate. It's not going to listen to you. But when it comes to health monitoring, it's, you know, the best product out there. And it's worth noting that, sure, Amazon entered the market, but there's been a lot of players, big, good companies that have entered the market in the last eight years that are no longer there. I mean, Nike failed in the space, Adidas failed in the space, Under Armour failed in the space, Intel failed in the space, Jawbone went out of business, Google has had a bunch of start stops, uh, Microsoft failed in the space. So the idea that a big tech company has now entered it is actually nothing new. I mean, we've been dealing with competition since we first started the company. You know, it wasn't great that about 12 months into starting the company, Nike came out with the Nike fuel band. That was pretty scary at the time. But we had this real focus on research, science, data, and, and again, coaching, making the product something that can help an individual understand what to do next. And so for those reasons, I think we've been able to, uh, to compete in the market. And I think going forwards, every single big tech company is gonna try to play in this space. Even the ones that have failed, they're going to try to get back in because the long-term big picture is that in the future, every human being is going to be wearing a 24-7 health monitor. I mean, I just believe that. It's inevitable. Health monitoring can pretty much improve health in virtually every way. It can shift a lot of healthcare costs from being curative to being preventative, which of course saves an enormous amount of money. It can tell you what you need to do to live a healthier, more fulfilled life, like in very simple terms. Um, and, you know, at, at a pretty marginal cost relative to your overall lifestyle. So I'm very bullish on health monitoring and, and I think it's the future. Do you think that's something to be driven by insurers who will want, in the same way they've done with motor vehicles, that you can have something installed in your car if it shows you drive safe and you know drive responsibly, it reduces your premiums. Do you think that's something that in the health insurance space, um, ongoing kind of burgeoning cost of healthcare, and especially in markets like the US, um, do you think that's something the insurers are going to kind of probably not mandate, but at least encourage or present discounts or things like that? I think so. Absolutely. I mean, it, it makes all the sense in the world that, how you sleep, how often you exercise, your cardiovascular health, 
those would play a massive role in, in insurance premiums and whatnot. I think our big questions around privacy, you know, you have to make sure that a consumer is comfortable sharing that data. And we've taken a very strong point of view on privacy, again, since really the beginning of the company, where we believe that the individual owns the data and they're empowered to use that data how they see fit. You know, I like to, I like to remind our team that, that the customer is not the product. The product is the membership. We sell a membership with hardware and software and analytics, right? Whereas, you know, if you log into Facebook, you are the product, right? You are what's being sold. And I think that for companies like Facebook or Amazon entering the space over time who have a little bit of a blurry line or in some cases a very obvious line of what they're going to do with your data, I think that's where they're going to have trouble. And I think consumers should be concerned about giving that type of sensitive health data to these big, big tech companies, because what are they going to do with that data? Yeah, and certainly something we see with the, the fangs. I mean, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, probably not Netflix in this example, but big tech is, um, is they're always looking at one plus one equals three. And, and part of that equation is your personal data. So keeping on kind of the theme of, of big tech and, and uh, from a growth perspective. So $100 million raising round recently. So congratulations on that. That's fantastic news and always great to see um, sports tech companies doing really well in the space. Is your growth strategy to make acquisitions of other companies as a, as a larger tech company would do in terms of getting the best of what's out there? Or is it more around um, kind of hiring strategies? Like what's the, I guess, with this war chest, what's the growth strategy um, in practical terms? Yeah, I mean, the first area of investment is really around the product and continuing to make Whoop the best product for health monitoring and for improving your health. Uh, and so that means a lot of new software features, analytics features, analyses, uh, new features are, are going to be coming to the Whoop app uh, on a very fast cadence. Uh, the second area is around uh, global expansion. So today, Whoop is primarily a U.S.-focused company. We do ship to Australia. We do ship to other English-speaking countries. But we want to start investing there now, too, and, you know, investing the resources to make Whoop a real success there and, and uh, to provide value for our audience there. And the third area is just around uh, talent. You know, we're going to be hiring a lot of engineers, data scientists, marketers, designers, uh, really great people to help uh, fuel our success. Do I think that we'll do some strategic acquisitions? I do. I do think there are some different platforms, uh, maybe unique types of technology that haven't haven't found scale yet, but but have interesting applications. I do think that we will uh, take a close look at that stuff. Yeah, well, that's that's also great news to hear in itself. Certainly, someone that likes to see the sports tech community ecosystem growing, and part of that is acquisitions, exits, building these companies up into to larger entities. So, uh, one of our final questions is on that fundraising round. Um, so, you've got a number of high profile profile athletes uh, as investors. So um, reading off a bit of a list here, it's Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes, um, champion golfers Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald and uh, two-time NBA Finals MVP Kevin Durant, obviously a very active investor. 
um, through his uh, ventures. So apart from the obvious financial input that these athletes uh, bring, what do they bring as, as, as kind of partners, investors um, to, the, to the table? Well, look, I think that we've always wanted to build a brand around human performance. And we always believed that if we could build the technology to unlock human performance, not only would professional athletes be willing to wear our technology, they would actually pay us for that, for that technology. And that was a very counterintuitive point of view eight years ago. You know, everyone told me eight years ago, oh, you got to give athletes equity, you got to give them the product for free, and then maybe they'll endorse it. And we did the exact opposite. You know, we went to sports teams and said, you can buy this for $1,200 per athlete per year in our early days, right? And, and again, it's because we believe that the technology worked, it'd be worth a lot more than that. And if the technology didn't work, there was no amount of money we could even pay an athlete to mm. wear something 24-7 that they didn't get value out of. And I, get, I, I explain that as sort of the backdrop to professional athletes investing in Whoop because it all stems from that. It stems from the fact that those athletes that you just named all wear Whoop and really love the product. And then through them loving the product, I've gotten to know them personally and, and you know, ask them about various uh, partnerships, strategies, the product, gotten their feedback. And, and so I've built relationships with all of them. And then when the round of financing came about, you know, it was a pretty natural thing for me to say, hey, are you interested in investing? And then I think, again, it demonstrates what's unique about Whoop, that they're actually writing checks into the company, not the other way around. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it, it speaks to the fact that we're building something really unique. Yeah, definitely. And it also shows the, um, one of the trends around athlete investors, um, the opportunity for them to invest their time, money, energy um, in something they believe in rather than your classic endorsement deal um, that might not have anything to do with their day-to-day or, or that, that kind of the changing dynamic and relationships um, that are happening. So can I ask you one last question as well? What is your favourite sporting moment of all time? I mean, the two that just immediately came to mind were the Jordan flu game. Yep. So Michael Jordan with the flu in the NBA finals against the Utah Jazz. And that one I particularly like because – if you could go back in time and give him a whoop strap, his whoop would have said that he was really run down. Like the lowest recovery scores I've ever gotten on whoop were when I had the flu. Yeah. And you look like you're like a dead person. And so for him to have had that performance uh, with, with, you know, his body being so run down, I think it's really cool. But it also makes me think a lot, a lot about whoop. And then the second is um, Tiger Woods. Uh, I'm blanking on the year. I want to say it was 2009, maybe at the Masters, chipping in on the 16th. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's epic, yeah. And I've actually, I've actually had the pleasure of playing Augusta. And the day I played Augusta, the pin was in the same exact location. It was in that Sunday, that Sunday location kind of tucked by the water. And so I dropped a ball from where Tiger made that chip. And that chip is so hard. It's <laughs> unbelievable to me that he, yeah. 
put that in, especially under those circumstances. So it's certainly it's something with golf that TV doesn't quite do it because he's looking at a green and kind of everything looks flat. And then you go to these things and you're like, that's like a mountain. That's like it goes up and down and it's yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for your time today, Will. Really appreciated it. Uh, I think we covered a lot of ground and looking forward to seeing what Whoop does uh, into the future. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me. There you have it. That was Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop. Uh, great to chat with Will, especially considering such a busy time after they've just announced their latest funding round, which does put them at the billion dollar or $1.2 billion valuation. Uh, so great to see a unicorn uh, within sports tech, you know, fitness, health, um, wearables, that whole area. So will be really interesting to see how they grow and also if it leads to further acquisitions. Um, and that's something we kind of talked about a little bit in the, the discussion, but it's always good to see uh, one, companies getting these kind of valuations, uh, but then two, as they help grow the industry because they look to acquire other companies, they look to invest themselves in other companies, um, and really it's kind of one of those things that a, a rising tide lifts all boats. So uh, great to see in the industry. Uh, if you've missed any of our episodes lately, sportstechfeed.com. You can go back, look at show notes, obviously look at different episodes on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. And we'll be here same time next week on Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Ah!